Welcome to the Drama Free Podcast. Save the drama for your mama. Hey, Drama Free. Uh, I like that. Chris. <laughs> I like right the deadline. Yeah. No, I thought that was good. That was good. That was good. (laughs) Happy Thursday, everyone. Happy February. Happy February. Yeah. I like it. Tomorrow we're going to find out if a little rodent determines how much more winter we have. Still waiting for Tony to show up in November. Hopefully it'll be the uh, the most positive thing to be happening in, in Pennsylvania this weekend. That's my uh, my Super Bowl my Super Bowl quip. <laughs> Is that the you only one? Of... You get one. Is that it? He's gonna. Have That's more. the only one. No, uh, no, I I I don't. Going into something like this, I keep my uh, I keep it to myself largely until until after the game. And while I'm not much of a gloater, I I try to be. Try to be devoid of emotion until the game starts, and then I'm an absolute basket case. Sad. I love it. I love it. I get I get all yeah, weepy I wish, and I wish all the Philly awesome fans I know were the same way. Yeah. yeah. I, I live near a lot of Philly fans, so I wish they were the same way. They uh, they've already won the Super Bowl as far as they're concerned. It's just it's just nice to be nominated. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. Just happy to be here. So who's going to take the reins? We've got, so uh, I guess I'll just briefly mention the reason why you're here and probably a little bit of um, a, a lack of cadence as, as there may typically be is that uh, Mr. Chad Stevenson is, is off tonight. He might be joining us later, but he's in the middle of a commute. So you've got, uh, th- I think the three of us are trying to run a show and, uh, you know, we'll, we will uh, we'll figure it out. I'm sure very very shortly. I know Steve got got it to fire up, and uh, Steve fired it up, and uh, Mr. Perfect got a uh, an agenda together. So uh, where do you guys want to start? Well, I'll go ahead and uh, ask ask the burning question: What's in your glass? So uh, Joey probably has the less exciting one since he's on the weight loss challenge. But what's in your glass, Joey? That's actually not true tonight. I uh, I, I did a I did a weigh in weigh in this morning, and I was um, I was down just a hair over six pounds. So uh, not trying to be uh, not trying to not, not trying to show all my cards quite yet. I am I am imbibing tonight, so I am uh, currently sipping on a double dry hop citra version of Tunnel Vision by Bearded Iris. Ooh, oh man, I love that beer. Uh, I don't know if I've had a DDH, but bearded iris, man. That tunnel vision's good stuff. It's a little bit more. What are you drinking, Chris? Well, you know, I've kind of got a theme going with surprise drinks to start off these these episodes, these podcasts. So this week, my surprise drink is I'm not drinking beer; I'm drinking wine. Ooh. White or red? Red. Red? Yeah. red? I like red. Yeah. I, I don't really drink white. We're, uh, we have a beer festival this weekend that I'm I'm part of and a brewer's event tomorrow night that I'm part of. So there'll be lots of beer being drunk in the next couple of days. So I'm, I've kept my beer drinking down this week and uh, just uh, had some wine and some bourbon. There you go. Reset the palate. Nice. Good for you. What about you, Steve? It's good to do that every once in a while. I've uh, so during the championship weekend, the NFC and AFC championship games, I was on a complete bender. Um, so I told my wife, and I even for myself, I was like, you know, what? I've been drinking a lot recently. I'm going to take two weeks off. So I said from then until the Super Bowl, I wasn't going to drink. Now I've had a beer here and there, but like you know, like normal drinks, a couple. So, but I did meet a buddy at Magnify tonight. And I had a total of one pint of beer. I had like a couple tasters 
And then I got home and I was like, all right, well, I'm doing the podcast. So I might as well have another one. So I'm drinking a Cane Morning Bell right now. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Just go. Just go for it. I figured, fuck it. Just do it. That's a, uh, so that's it's like fantastic. Good. I have a, yeah, I have a kegerator and I have a keg of it. So I got to start oh. getting on it. You if you guys ever come out, you can drink from my kegerator of it, and I'll send. You, I'll even send you home with a growler. Wow! Listen to this generosity. You must be part Look of the drama great. <laughs> I know. If I if I was uh, ballsy enough, I'd ship a growler out, but a growler is something that I just haven't gotten the courage to ship yet. <clears throat> Cans and bottles only, because I don't. I don't know. I could see them exploding way too easily. Right on. Sure. Well, um, now that we've got all of that covered, um, any preference on where we start tonight, guys? Or you just want me to take it and run with it? Oh, it's take it and run with like it. Take a, a topic and let's roll. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Um, so I'll tie a couple of these in real quick. Um, we in the group uh, that we are a part of, the group that shall not be named, um, have uh, added like four or five new people this week. And uh, they've all seemed to uh, participate pretty uh, pretty quickly and uh, pretty aggressively. So I want to give a shout out to a thread that was started earlier in the week, asking for everybody to introduce themselves. That was uh, a killer thing to read through. Uh, I appreciated that. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so it takes me to introducing people to craft beers. How far do you go with your generosity when you're first – starting up and trading with someone or you're taking them out for beers or whatever. Like what, what is your, do you go over the top? Do you kind of ease them in gently? How do you, how do you do it? Joey, because I I just totally set that up on a tee for you. I'll go to you first. Mm -hmm. I was half paying attention because I was trying to put together the list of people that were added in the last week. So that's what I get for not quite paying attention. So go to Steve and let Steve run with it real quick, and then uh, and then I'll chime in with those who we added this week. Thank you. All right. Well, you uh, you totally just missed a great joke opportunity, but that's fine. Uh, that's Steve, okay. how do you uh, how do you enjoy a with... person to craft or uh, to craft? I like that. I didn't know. I didn't know it was. Uh, I didn't know we were allowed to pass. That's a. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Right? Pass the next Share, one. Sharing is caring. Um, sharing is caring. <laughs> Um, so when I first started, I guess, you know, I've been drinking crab beer myself for a while and all my friends like to make fun of me for a while. But then as I started getting into branching out to with my friends, I don't know, I always, I would always go for the gold. Like if I was drinking, uh, an other half all green, everything, which is their, you know, ridiculous 11 or 12% triple IPA, like ridiculously hoppy. If someone says, oh, I want to try something or I want to try an IPA or I like IPAs, I would be like, oh, well, this is the best IPA I've had this year, so why don't you try this one? And I I kind of learned my lesson after a while of trying to go for the jugular right from the get-go and, and giving them the the pinnacle of the style or the best one or the one that's the hardest to get or I think tastes the best because, I mean, you it sounds – cliche but you have to build your palate up for that that type of beer and it's not just that it's the sweet stout it's the really sour beers lambics it's everything um you know people who are used to drinking yingling and sam adams and you know not to take anything away from those but you're not really getting that crazy of flavor so you you really do have to work up to it and also it's a matter of how much good beer are you going to give away i know the group is very, very, very generous, like overly generous. I've said before on the cast, I, I, I struggle to keep up with the generosity because I just, I don't get that much good beer. And when I do, I try, I like to share some of it, but I also like to keep some for myself. So um, I normally don't give out the best beers that I get to someone unless I know they're absolutely going to like, they're, you know, they're, it's their hobby as much as it is mine. They're invested as much as I am. Otherwise, because I don't want to say it's wasted because anytime you're wasting it with someone, you know, you're sharing it with someone, it's not really a waste, but I just like to get it to as many people who appreciate it as possible. But there are extenuating circumstances like 
you know, if I'm at a, a family dinner, my brothers or, or someone, whoever wants to open one, I'm not going to really sit there and like be like, oh man, I can't believe that person. Like, I, I don't care that much, but, you know, I'm conscious of it at all times. Just like, you know, I want someone to be able to enjoy it and I want to know that every, people are enjoying it as I think they should, if that makes any sense. Uh, it makes it makes uh it makes perfect sense and and I'm a, I mean I'm I'm right there with you I mean I think that um in terms of generosity I mean if it if it's sending beer to someone who's new to a group like 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 you know like ours um you know there's there's no and I think we've seen it this far there's you know there's no there's no hesitation to send the good stuff because you know we're all kind of like minded individuals um in terms of you know breaking someone into the craft beer scene. You know the the step the stance I've always taken is is I'm pretty good at, at trying to figure out what the person likes and if I can kind of get an idea of the flavors and things that kind of turn them on or to whatever their preferred boozy drink is um, you could pretty much find a beer that echoes that and uh, that's that's typically where where I'll start with them that doesn't matter if it's you know 16 bucks a four pack and I'm opening a can or if it was you know something that you know, cost me 35 or 40 bucks at a release or something that I had either trade heavily or for or pay heavily for. Um, if I think it's going to be their thing, might as well open it up. It's like I said, sharing is caring. What do you think, Butler? Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, you know, I, when I, that question was posed, I took it a couple different ways. Like, how generous are you with, with introducing people to craft beer? And I took it, number one, is just introducing a complete newbie person to the, uh, the hobby, the industry that we love. Um, part of that is my job. Like on a daily basis, I'm constantly trying to convince people to put down the mineral light or blue moon or whatever and drink something that's uh, made locally and made with better ingredients um, and with more pure intentions um, and keeps the money locally as well. So um, that's part of my thing. And so I'm always, I'm always talking about that, but when I'm introducing somebody like a friend to, um, craft beer, you know, I, I try to ease them in gently as, uh, as Steve said, and kind of work their way up, you know, start off with those gateway beers, the, the blonde ales and the cream ales and the browns, you know, all those things that are fairly palatable to somebody who's been drinking, um, either macro craft or macro, um, light American loggers. Um, so, you know, take them out to a bar, but then as far as the generosity side of that goes, I always try to like pay for it because um, I want to make sure that if they do have a beer, they don't like, I don't want them to feel obliged to um, be on the hook for that $9, 12 ounce beer or whatever. Um, so if I'm taking somebody out, I'm, I'm pushing different beers on them. I'm definitely picking out the tab. As far as the trading piece goes, you can get in a lot of trouble uh, in this group trying to out-generous somebody. Um, <laughs> it, it, you will you will have damage done to your porch, to your ego, to your wallet. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, bank account. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I keep my money in my wallet as well as my bank account, but yeah, those both work. <laughs> uh, um <laughs> Uh, but there are people who just completely blow people away. I like to think that I'm somewhere in the mid-level generous, you know? I mean, I definitely hook it up and uh, when I can and when people ask for things, especially because I'm not a super ISO guy. I'm more of a I'll fulfill your wishes kind of guy. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it, I try to be as generous as possible. Um, but there are certainly people in, in our group and that I've dealt with that are outside our group that are um, clearly just generous souls and, and, and helping to spread the, uh, the love of the hobby. So I uh, got to give shout outs to those guys. And that kind of takes me right into the, uh, the next topic too. Um, there's been a lot of porch destruction this week uh, in the group, um, which, you know, from about Tuesday afternoon through Saturday, you sort of see the, the the beer mail just kind of blow up the page. Um, so I, at this week, the one that stood out to me was uh, Miguel Hamiltonshire, Hamiltonshire, uh, just obliterated Craig. He sent, he sent him a thirty pack of stones, except it wasn't stones. 
<laughs> Hill Farms, Ted and Bissell and just all sorts of things. Uh, anything stand out to you this week, Joey? Um, I think though, and I'm gonna I'm gonna intentionally be coy because um, I've been asked to be coy. I think the one thing that's sticking out to me is is what I'll call the random acts of kindness. Um, I know that um, Jay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher his last name, Jay Brigate, I believe is how you pronounce it. I know he's he's received, I believe, three random packages um, this week, and uh, he should probably be looking out for another one tomorrow. Uh, I'm not sure if he's listening or not, but, um, but, you know, there's a uh, random acts of kindness, right? It's, it's, you know, it's one thing to, you know, have it in search up for someone to say, Hey, I got you. And, um, you know, that shows up, you know, maybe a week later or what have you. And it's, it's another thing to just not be expecting something and you randomly get three or four boxes. So, uh, oh. that's the one thing standing out. That's the one thing that's standing out for me this week is that, uh, just those random acts of kindness. Absolutely. I, you know, when I le- I took my hiatus there in, in November, um, mm-hmm. I kind of felt bad, and, and people had given me such love and support while I was away um, that I did, I don't know, like eight biffs or eight random boxes. I think I did one biff for the next four weeks, plus I'd throw a random box on there just to kind of put that love back out into the community that I was shown, so... I uh, it's it is always nice when a, a box you're not expecting shows up. What about you, Steve? Any uh, anything stand out to you this week or recently? Um, so when I'm scrolling and uh, you know, on my feed or through the group, uh, anything the thing that always stands out to me is my local ones because I I want to see where the person is that got the box of the beers that I drink all the time. You know, my local ones. The anytime I see Carton or Kane or Magnify show up um i'm always like oh man where does that person live like who sent it to them where where do they live and you know i wonder what they think of it i saw a beer at forward from my boy uh sean hanrahan he did he won a beer at forward and then he did a beer at forward and it was a like a ton of really good carton and i think a cane and maybe something else a tired hands or something i don't know but um I always like when I see my beers, my local, my, my beers, but the beers that I'm used to drinking, like, show up all over the country, and, like, I just, to me, that's cool. Like, last week when we all had a regular coffee, I was like, wow, how rare is that, that Alabama, Iowa, Denver, and New Jersey all have the same beer, and um, so that's Who's what I kind of look forward to. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I think, like, you, and that's about it. No, I don't live in Alabama. What are you talking Arkansas? about? Arkansas? <laughs> yes. Am I wrong? The other one. The Where other do one you live? live in Arkansas. Arkansas. I live in Arkansas, a different state. Oh, man. My one is big football and one isn't. You know what? You oh, should yeah. have to send a box to me to, uh, to like, learn my address. I know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send it to Alabama as soon as I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Some no, random um, guy in Alabama. Yeah, but uh yeah, well not Nick Saban. But I like when uh I like that. I lo- I love the beer forwards. I think it's so great. Um I'm going to do one soon. Uh, I have I sure should have enough beer to do it. Um it's just a matter of you know putting stuff together everyone likes and I know someone else has a box coming soon if he's around tomorrow. You're going to be tomorrow. I'm talking about Joey. I sent Joey a box. Yeah, tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Someone's gonna get one soon. That was so cute, Steve. Yeah, uh, I know someone who. So adorable. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I I like the uh, I like the random generosity as well. I like I I'm big on the beard forwards. I like when they're interesting. I like when it's you know guess something or, um, I you know the the ones that are just like oh pick a random number that's cool. But I like like make me think a little bit. You know, make it like make it like a little bit of a skill. Like it's where it's you know. I don't know. I like the prices right ones where it's closest about going over because you have to, you know, there's some strategy involved. I, I always like those the best. Yeah, those are nice. Uh, Joe, you wanted to update us real quick on something? Yeah, I've got the names of uh, the individuals that we've added since the last podcast. So I was thinking, one, that it wouldn't be that many. I was wrong. It's 13. And go, looking through these, I don't know if I can actually pronounce half these names. I'm usually pretty good at that. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna spend about 13 seconds to read off 13 names and I'm gonna butcher the hell out of them. So let's all sit back and enjoy this. So from um, oldest to newest, I guess 
um, Amy's Wickard, Dan Ryan, Logan Cochran, Brandon Carpenter, Matt Tubby, Michael Carney, Phil Eichstead, Harry Chim, Ben Califf, Colby Cronline, Dave Aaron, Megan Lynn Early, and Greg McFadden. And if you noobs happen to be listening to this, it looks like one, two, three, four, five, six of the 13 have yet to post since being added. And I think we're going to, from the admin level, I think we're going to start enforcing that uh, uh, those the first week or 10 day clause. So those six, it's been about, well, it's been within the last seven days that you're added. So you are on notice. Ooh. Womp. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Megan, Megan Lynn came in with a bang for sure. Um, yeah, that's a, that, that's a Corey. That's, that's a Corey ad, though. You kind of expect that. Right. Um, Guns a blazer. Logan hooked me up on the proxy, and so I added Logan Cochran, and he immediately yeah, he got right into it. Um, I, uh, mm-hmm. I was excited because this is the second time he and I have exchanged, and uh, just went above and beyond. And so I was like, dang it. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him if he's interested in this. I, I know Joey needs help in Denver. So, so yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm excited that he can help you out with some of these requests and you're not always so yeah. updated and have to get – uh, you know, bombarded with love letters. Yeah, the nice the nice part of that is that um, I've been, I chatted with him, I think, a little bit. He's actually on the west side of town, whereas I'm on the east side of town. So, I mean, if we want to get real strategic with this, we can effectively divide and conquer. Just split the state down I-25, and he takes everything west of it, and I got used of it. <laughs> split the whole state. You own this half? Split the whole state. Basically, that means I get wild works, and he gets basically everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I hope you have good bottle shops on your side, man. Basically, basically. So yeah, so those are those are the ads for the last week, and I actually like the idea of doing this. We may want to. I don't know if you guys want to do this as a spot going forward, but I like the idea of calling out the noobs each week. Um, yeah. Maybe gets you know help bumps. Yeah. Maybe bumps up I, that listenership yeah. a little bit. I was yeah, just thinking I the think. same thing. Yeah, uh, I, I like that. But, uh, you know, I just knew that there had been a lot. I didn't, I didn't think it was 13. I thought it was more like 10. But, you know, I knew there had been a lot, so I wanted to add it as a topic. Uh, so that's good that we had 13. And it might be incentive to start adding people, too. Like, not like go crazy, but, you know, add people that are worthy of it. It might be, you know, for us, I've never added sure. anyone to the group just because I, you know, I only know very few people. And most of the people out of the state that I know are from the group. So to add more Jersey people would be a little, I don't know. I know what happens, but I don't want to be the guy to add too many. But uh, it would be cool to just do that. Just say, hey, you know, we added you. If you listen to the podcast this week, we'll give you a shout-out. And especially if you chug or send a beer or do a beer forward or something, we'll definitely call you out. Yeah, no, that's good. I like it. I dig it. Nice idea, Steve. Nice idea. Well, it was Joey's idea. Well, your idea is idea, man. Continue. Oh, yeah. You oh, yeah. Well, it was Ant. That's why I make the media. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, I'm going to jump into this stout. We have two stout questions, and I think that one can follow on from it. We'll start with the first one here. Um, we kind of touched on this a couple weeks ago. Uh, there was a question of, uh, what BA beer would you like to see, or what non-BA beer would you like to see uh, barrel-aged? There were some questions thrown on that group, but um, just curious, uh, what are the differences on BA beer versus non-BA beer uh, regarding desirability for you and cost, and does that play a factor, the cost of it, if it's $5 more for a, a, a barrel-aged beer that you've already had, non-barrel-aged, and it's you know, close to perfect the way it was, does the cost uh, play a factor? Uh, I know Steve, you get a lot of uh, a lot of those things with you know Kane doing the base and then and then the barrel aged version. So I'll let you lead this one off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have grown. Well, you know, when it all first started coming out, I was big on anything barrel aged. Get you know, let me get my hands on it. Um, I have kind of grown away from really going crazy on the barrel age stuff because they do cost more and they're just, 
you know, there's so much more. I mean, don't get me wrong. A Nintendo Dawn, stuff like that. I mean, I'm I'm going for broke on it. But for the most part, um, I kind of go, I lean towards the base beer uh, these days. Just because I kind of like, I don't need the extra percentage of alcohol anymore. Like 12% is good enough. I don't need the 17 to 8. Those brewery beers are getting out of control. You know, unless I'm splitting it with five people. Like, I, I'm kind of... I don't want to say I'm over it because I know every once in a while when I'm at a share and something crazy good comes out. I had a the Cigar City double barrel vanilla porter recently, and that was phenomenal. So it's like, yes, I understand it's great, but I really, for the most part, have been leaning non-barrel-aged stuff recently. And the, the cost does play a factor because I know I know it's expensive to brew those beers. It's time. Barrels are expensive whatever adjuncts you're adding, you know, coconut's expensive. Vanilla beans are really expensive. Um, I get it, but it's just, you know, I'm, I'm starting to die down and kind of try to, you know, try to buy a house soon. So I'm trying to ease back on my beer spending. So if if those crazy barrel-aged beers come out, I might buy one instead of maxing out on four or whatever it is or do two and then see if any of my friends want to split one or, you know, th- that's that's where I am now. I'm not above it all the time, but for the most part, I I, I kind of ease back. You're too good for barrel aging. Yeah, we get it. Uh, yeah, it, yes, exactly. I'm surprised. <laughs> Thank you for unwrapping that. Long story short, TLDR, you're too good for barrel aging. Yeah, too long, too long didn't read, I'm above it. Yeah, got it. <laughs> so what's your take on it? You know, I mean, I, I I can understand where she's coming from. I mean, I think for me, um, I'd like to see the the this, the, ver- the number of adjuncts going into some of these beers to stop. Um, but that, I mean, that said, I mean, I I, I still go to the releases. Um, but instead of buying whether it be one bottle or all the bottles, um, what what I started doing is I'm actually t- I'm trying it first because what I found is that there's a lot of breweries that are releasing. A, uh, a barrel aged out with this, that, and the other, and uh, it turns out that it's really, honestly, not that damn good. So rather than dropping fifteen, twenty, thirty bucks a bottle, I I'm showing up and I'm I'm tasting it first, if I can, tasting it first, and really just seeing if the hype is there or not. That way, I'm not you know sixty bucks or eighty bucks or something into into a handful of bottles that I don't want to drink and now have to just randomly drop in boxes. And then I feel bad by putting put, sending along beer that I don't particularly care for. So um, I, I'm definitely not above or beyond the barrel aged out craze. I love my barrel aged outs. I can't see that changing. But I'd like to see less of the adjuncts and for uh, some of these brewers to start making a better beer instead of just throwing a crappy beer into a barrel and slapping a label on it and say, saying, "Well, shit, you know, we're gonna we're gonna sell out of this quick, like so. Let's do it." I have a feeling you guys got together on this and set me up for going into one of my rants again, but I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to get on my uh, kick about how Florida can't make good base beers, and so they throw a bunch of adjuncts in them and, and put them in a barrel. I'm not going to talk about that at all. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm kind of with Steve a little bit, though. Um, I love barrel-aged beers, and I'm just starting to drink bourbon again about a year and a half ago. Um, burned myself out on it in college. Uh, and so, but I'm appreciating them in a different way again. I, even when I didn't drink bourbon, I was appreciating the barrel aged beers. But now that I'm drinking bourbon again, not regularly, but regularly enough, um, it's helping me tease out some flavors. Uh, it's helping my palate. But there is uh, there's a time and place for barrel aged beers, and um, as you just alluded to, Joey, or said outright, actually, that it doesn't always make it better. There are beautiful beers out there that they could throw in a barrel for six months, and the beer didn't really improve, and, and in some cases, it actually made it worse. Um, there, I, I can think of a handful of beers out there. Um, someone pointed out in the thread a couple weeks ago when we had it. Um, uh, Great Lakes Blackout Stout, right? I mean, that's a fantastic beer. Yes, it is. They said they wanted a barrel-aged version of it. I don't know that it needs it. No. Could it help? Maybe. 
could it hurt? Would it be more expensive? Sure. I mean, what, on the brewer side, what's your like cost risk analysis looking like when you when you look at that? You've got probably one of your top line item sellers, and you're you're going to now screw around with it. I don't know. I do understand the, you, the want to kind of mess around a little bit and you know experiment with with your beers. If you have a really good stout, why not? You know, if I'm a brewer, I'm like, all right, what beer am I going to put into a barrel? Oh, you know, well. Everyone loves this stout. Let's see what happens. If if it didn't come out good, that's you know that's a different story. But I, I'm not sure I blame him for trying. You know. No, you can't blame him for if trying. It, for you sure. know, if 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 the first time, you know, if it came out not as good, then maybe you don't do it again. But I don't know. I'm I'm the same way though, and especially because uh, Joey, what you said, I wish so much that that was the case everywhere that you try, you know, you go to a release and you'll try it before you buy it. Um, a lot of the releases over here, well, I should say a lot. Kane is the one, I, I'm I'm so close and every, every one of the releases I go to, when they do their bottles, they don't have it on tap. Either because their big ones like Antide and uh, Object Permanence and Mexican Brunch, those are online releases, so you can't even try it. Not that I need to try Mexican Brunch to know it's good. Um, mm-hmm. but like they're, if, if you've never had a cane beer and they release morning bell at the brewery, it won't be on tap for you to try it. You can't like go try it and then say, Oh, you know, this is really good. I'm going to go buy some bottles because it, it'll be on tap. Just not, just not the day they're releasing it. So it's kind of like a crapshoot. Meanwhile, I was just at magnify tonight and it, it wasn't a barrel, but you know, I went in, I sat down, I tried a couple different beers and then the ones that I liked, I bought a four-pack of. So that, that's what I like to do. But uh, I wish I could do that more often, especially with the, especially when it comes to like uh, a bottle of a stout or a porter or a barrel-aged something. It, it it would go a long way because it's possible uh, I wouldn't buy half the beers that I do. Just you know, you assume just because it's the brewery you like that it's going to be good, and you know, good is subjective. I, my taste buds might not like everything that I buy, and then then, then I'm in the point where all right, well I'll just send this to someone just like you said you know I'll throw it in a box or I'll trade it for something and you know then I'm losing out on money <laughs> That's a, it's an interesting point Steve because I'm sitting here I'm trying to think of the releases that I've been to in the last let's say 13 months so since the beginning of 2017 I'm trying to think how many releases occurred here and that I went to here and here in Colorado where the beer that was being released was not available for consumption on site at the same time. And the only two that I can think of were Medianoche Reserve and Vanilla Medianoche from Wildworks. And the only, and I, and I don't so much have an issue with that because at one point later on, Medianoche Reserve was available for on site consumption in bottles. And they had five, maybe six different variants of Medianoche that were released at varying times over the course of a few months that, that never saw bottles. And that kind of led me to think that more often than not, I don't think we have breweries that are doing a ton of gouging. So you would they'd rather just put that available, you know, on tap or on site versus doing, you know, some lottery or some making people stand in line sort of thing. And it's it's not really I haven't done a ton of research, so I'm just, you know, dig into the you know, the coffers, but I don't think I don't think we see a ton of that. Like I, I know that you do get those releases. Um a lot of a lot of breweries will do those releases where there's you know, you essentially are you're exercising blind faith that it's going to be delicious. You know, Bottle Logic comes out with a new version of a stout, barrel-aged stout or something, and maybe it's not available on site, but you know they're going to sell 4,500 bottles. So, interesting. Yeah, so for for the, the state of beer here in Arkansas, um, a lot of times the breweries who are producing these solid barrel-aged beers aren't even able to make enough to produce more than maybe a slim or two of a non-barrel-aged version. Uh, for instance, everybody knows BDCS. They don't make a DCS. <laughs> they make a regular cream salad, 
They don't make a double cream stout. It's straight up, when they make the double cream stout, it is 100% for the barrels. Um, Nighty Night from Lost 40, um, they make a Forest King that ends up going into three different barrels. Um, Forest King is usually a barrel or two brewery only. Um, if that, and Lost 40 is the biggest brewery in the state of Arkansas, cranking out all of 15,000 barrels. So it's not like we have a large, a large group um, of people doing things where they're releasing a side-by-side non-BA versus BA. So that's why I wanted you guys to talk a little bit more about that because uh, you have more opportunities, at least locally to you um, to try the base and the not. And then just kind of touch on your point, Joey, towards the end there, you, you said, uh, you know, if Bottle Logic releases a style, you're going to go get it. Um, for me, it's exactly that. I have to have already put trust in a brewery that they know what they're doing. Um, yeah. Number one. And then number two, um, I want to know that the ingredients that are in it are things that I'll like. So if it's coconut or pumpkin or something weird, I'm going to just go ahead and pass. Or I'm going to buy it specifically to use as, you know, trade fodder for mainly um, funky beers from Belgium. Uh, Steve, got someone who wants to say something on this? Yes, uh, so we have a caller. I believe John Hambright's calling in, and he heard our conversation about uh, on-site consumption when trying to buy beer, and he, I think, wants to counter. John, you on the you on the line? Yeah, yeah, gentlemen, how you doing? Living dream. So I've been listening, and I guess I just want to pose the what choice would you go with if you were forced to? So ideally, everyone would like to try what they could buy and walk out with. That's obviously a perfect world scenario, right? Get to try it, spin bottles, crawlers, whatever to go. Here's the other side of things. Bells, if anyone has been familiar or ever come and visited Bells, they have 30 to 40 beers on tap depending on what the day is, right? But they only have the bottles and cans to go that hits normal distribution and then three to four beers in their growler fill station. That's their choice. And they can only fill their growlers because they're special growlers. They don't do crawlers. They don't fill them off the tap. So you get to taste all these wonderful beers, but because they're one of the big players in the game, they don't allow you to fill and take away. It's one of those like, oh, well, if you're not local, you're not getting to try it. And so, I mean, there's roughly 10 to 15 beers that I want to send out to people to try all the time that don't get to try it. Or they could bottle a bunch of stuff that you never get to try, like we are finding is the kind of issue with, like, cane or all these adjunct stouts. Or there's the third option where you can buy the bottles on site, like Hill Farmstead, for on-site consumption only, and then get to take your picture with it, get to try it, get to tell people about it, try your best to smuggle it out. I don't know what people do with those if they try to (laughs) or whatnot. But, I mean, what situation would you rather be in? (laughs) Pay $30 for a bottle and not like it? Or at least get to try it for 5 bucks and then be bummed out because you don't get to let anyone else try it? Yeah, I think I, I think you know I think the the point that that I believe Butler was making was that you know if you have if you have a you know if you if you've got a, a rapport if you will with that brewery that you know that they're putting out um, some good items then then perhaps you're a little bit more inclined to either pay that thirty dollars for a bottle for on site consumption or, or blindly blindly p- purchase the beer through whether it be something online or just walk in and pick up or what have you. Um, and, and, and I, and I can understand that. And there, there's definitely been times where I, I've tried to, you know, support a local brewery that was doing, um, something special and picked up the bottles, brought them home and was just kind of a little bit remorseful of that, of the money that I spent, um, to a brief point that you made about, um, being able to fill up growlers, 
um, and, and, you know, limited items on being in the date. Like, Lake Bells will only do growler fills or what have you. Um, that's one of the things that I love about what's going on here in Colorado. The growler died about a year ago. I mean, if you, if you're, if you go into, if you go into a brewery and someone walks in with a growler and asks, Hey, can you fill this growler? It's one of those like old timey type things where everyone turns around and looks at you like, wow, that's old technology or something. Um, we don't see growler fills here anymore. Everything is, is if you want something, it's in a can. It's either right, it's right. either being released. It's either being released as sixteen ounce cans, or you can get a crowler of it. And the nice thing about that is that you know if you're someone wants to pick up a twelve or thirteen ounce imperial stout and a crowler, I mean, it's not it's it's, it's less of a big deal than someone taking a sixty four ounce home and and having to crush that thing within the next depending on which brewery you talk to, you know, the next twenty four to seventy two hours. Yeah. I'm 100% behind you on that. I thought growlers were on their way out, and then Bell decided to build growler stations that only support their fancy-ass growlers that they built <laughs> or had custom-made that are $18 just to purchase the freaking flip-top growler. Damn. And then, the, and then one of their four will always be running like two-hearted, which makes no sense to me. Oh, yeah. You can get so, it on cans at any local store. Exa- I mean, there's nowhere we can go here in the west side of Michigan that doesn't have too hard it on. It, it's yeah. dominant. I don't even drink it anymore. Well, you're more than welcome to send some of it to me, buddy. Yeah, anytime. I know Colorado loves to have the bells come out there, so. Yeah, we anytime. get our we get a we get our little blip around GABF. We'll get a little yeah. founders, little bell, a little founders, little bells. will hit some of the local, the local liquor liquor stores, and they sell out usually pretty quick. Um, otherwise, yeah, otherwise, I, it, otherwise, it's me begging people on the internet. So, <laughs> well, anytime I'll uh, ship some out to you. Much um, and then, but and then, Chris, you had mentioned uh, blackout, uh, blackout stuff. I think I had brought that up a while back. We had talked about yeah. that. And yeah. I yeah, and I was the one severely disappointed in the barrel aged version of Blackout because it was such a tremendous standard stout. And searched high and low to get a bottle, and it was a total letdown. I remember who it was. I didn't want to like randomly throw a name out. I just remember that someone had said how disappointed they were with, you know, why did they even bother doing it if it wasn't any better than the original? Now they've wasted money and they've wasted my time and money as well. So, yeah. yeah, I think, in fact, when we were, um, the topic came up, I kind of banged my head against the wall trying to think of one past that, which is ironic because tonight I cracked a barrel aged dino, dino s'mores, and I like the regular dino s'mores, s'mores way better. Yeah. I think this one mm-hmm. turned, it's mm-hmm. tart, so I have a feeling that it turned in the bottle, so. That's a bummer. That's not the that's not the first time they've had that issue, is it? I don't know what With dinosaurs is. I, I found uh, it in the cellar while packing up. Hmm. Yeah, I wanna I, say um, it's been fifteen or sixteen. Go ahead, Chris. Well, I was gonna say I um I've said since I very first my very first experiences with dinosaurs, I think coffee dinosaurs is a far superior beer than barrel aged dinosaurs anyway. Um, and I don't even think it's close for me. Um, barrel age just didn't add a whole lot. I don't recall if it has happened before, but uh, as far as going bad, but, you know, hmm. I, I've always preferred the coffee dinosaurs. I thought it really just kind of added another layer of complexity, whereas the barrel just kind of thinned everything out. Yeah. I'm not so, seeing anything on the Nacker label for a year, so yeah. no idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, John, we uh, I want I want to touch on while we're on the stout question real quick. Uh, sure. Uh, we have a kind of a follow up to that first part. Um, aging stouts with variants, since we're kind of already segued into that, thanks to uh, you bringing it down for us. Um, why do the flavors change, and what happens in general, and um, you know, since you're here with us and you're a home brewer and you've probably had some experience personally with this, I'll let you uh, go ahead and lead us off with uh, 
either knowledge or just personal opinions or examples or whatever you want to start off with? Well, I mean, first and foremost, I think aging any beer over a matter of time is going to change. The flavor is going to change, whether it be because the actual flavors change or mm-hmm. your palate has mm-hmm. evolved or you have eaten something differently that day. It's really hard to recreate the same exact experience of the same beer over a course of so many months um, that pass. Now, depending on what adjunct you've used, if the adjunct has uh, fermentable sugars, anything else that imparts another uh, fermentation process, then you're going to alter the flavor as well. So it really kind of depends and what phase are you aging that on? Have you have you, you have you extracted the flavors in like a vodka or an extraction agent per se, and then poured it in? It's like how are you infusing this flavor into the beer? Yeah. All right. So there's so many different factors, and there's so many different ways. I think there was something today on on one of the threads, uh, Kirby actually, who mm-hmm. you know owns a brewery. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of how to exactly get the best graham cracker flavor. And and if you kind of paid attention a little bit, you saw there's many different opinions how on how you're going to get the best graham cracker flavor or s'mores beer. Hmm. So it really depends on the process, how you're doing it, and personal preference, really. Sure. There's really no hard hard-line answer to that. Nice. Um, I don't know if I made that more complicated or. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like it said, it's, uh, didn't have to give a, a confident, definitive answer. I was just going to say that for me, you know, I always look at it, I always view it as um, when I you know, first started reading about beer and uh, brewing and reading more about beer um, and then talking to uh, a very famous gentleman in, um, in Brussels who make some of the finest spoiled beer you ever have. <clears throat> he said, um, you know, basically uh, everything that I've read, that beer is a living thing. And sooner or later, the thing that's living is going to kill all those things that are dead. Uh, and what he meant was the yeast is the thing that's alive, and it's going to just continue to eat all those flavors, and it's going to return to its base, you know, grain-tasting product. Because we had started talking about you know, how long, you know, should you age these? I know they say 10 years. He says, up to 10 years. I said, yeah, but you have 40-year-old ones back there. He's like, yeah, but those are just for fun and just for show. He's like, when we release them, they're going to be the most fruit forward they can be. The longer you let it go, the longer the, um, the, the more the fruit is going to drop off because the bacteria will always win. The yeast will always win. So, um, I always look at it that adjuncts are always in addition to the beer and additions are always going to be the first things to go away as well. I mean, coffee and coconut, and any chocolate, any, anything like that's always going to fall off. So. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And one of the bigger adjuncts that we see fall off quicker is coffee. That, that comes up to the topic of conversation with KBS. I know it's local to me, but that comes up all the time. Oh, this three-year-old KBS is the chocolate's gone by comparison to a fresh Sunday morning style. Well, yeah, <laughs> you have a coffee bomb style for aged one. It's going to be more coffee before it falls off quicker. So. Yeah, I think coffee drops off the second fastest right after hops. I mean, in my opinion. Yeah, I've had that experience. Oh, I've got this really great, cool coffee stout. Nice. Drink it now. No, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold on to it because it's a whale. Gonna, no, freaking drink it. I mean, I would think the vast majority of breweries release their beer when they think they're at their top performing moment, and say, "Drink it now." Right? Why would you, unless stated otherwise on the bottle? Yes, it can say this can be aged, but other than. Yeah. For instance, Abyss that actually tells you don't open until now or the open after series from Stone, right. 
majority mm-hmm. of breweries are putting out their beer when they want you to cons- consume it fresh because the consumers Absolutely. don't listen to directions. I mean, we have basically a thousand people in drama free and how many people have a hard time following directions. So <laughs> <laughs> don't, why don't you? get me, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Today, why today was you Damn son. Where'd you find this? <laughs> you release, you know, a beer across America and tell people don't open it today. Okay. Yeah, sure. No. Sure story. All right, guys. We've got about cool. 10 minutes left. What do you want to do with it? Um, well, I want to thank John for calling in first off. Uh appreciate you uh listening. Yeah. Appreciate you um, you know, bringing your insight and uh and your expertise to the situation as well, man. We uh you're a treasured listener. Yeah, sure. Hey, thanks for having me and uh and for anyone else that's listening and you guys who joined, thanks again for uh joining the YMCA and being a good platform for that uh raffle. It was a success. Sure, so thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good night, right. gentlemen. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, man. Okay. So I think that we should talk about Sunday. Um, there's something going on on Sunday. Um, it's a pretty big deal in America, so uh, I want to know what you guys' plans are. Uh, if you have special beers ready, if you just have a plethora of um, drinkable beers to make it to the day, if you have snacks, and then uh, mostly I want to hear your predictions. So, um we know, I think, where Joey's going to go with this, but I want to hear Steve first. So uh, I'll let Steve lead this off. All right, um, Joey. I hate I hate to say it, but I want I want Philly to win. I don't think they're That's going right. to. That's my prediction. I think New England. Is, I think New England's going to win again. I do. Um, it's just I I can't even bet against the guy anymore. Last year, I remember when Atlanta went up twenty-eight to three. I said to my wife, I said it. I said, it's over. That's it. That's the game. And then as they slowly started coming back, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And then as soon as it went to overtime, there was no doubt in my mind that New England was going to win. I didn't even think Atlanta had a chance. Even though overtime is supposed to be equal, no. It, it, in me, in my mind, it wasn't even a thought. New England was winning that game. Uh, last year, I specifically sought out a ton of Creature Comforts beer from Atlanta so that I could drink it the whole game and give them all this, you know, good vibes and mojo from my, you know, superstitious beer mind. I'm like, yeah, if I, if I drink nothing but Atlanta beer the whole day, it'll be good and it'll help them win. And for <laughs> three quarters, it looked like that was a great move. And then by the fourth quarter, I was like, uh, screw you. Um, I do, I, I try to do this every year with, uh, cause New England, you know, the fact that they go to the Super Bowl every year, it's easy because I can get New England IPAs pretty easily. Um, I have some Trillium and Treehouse, I think, coming down this weekend. I have to go pick it up on Saturday. Um, ironically, the Philly beer is the one I'm having a hard time getting. I'd like to get some Tired Hands or something um, just because they make good beer. I think they're the best brewery in Pennsylvania and definitely Philadelphia. So, um, But if I can't get my hands on that, I'll probably just go buy victory hop devil or even a yingling or two um i just like to have that it's you know it's silly but why not you know why not just partake in my own little way and do local beers to the cities and try to give the eagles a little bit of mojo um snacks you know whatever buffalo chicken dip but yeah i think uh i think new england's gonna win i'm rooting for philly and i'm gonna be drinking uh, Sam Adams, some Trillium, some Treehouse, and some Shoulders. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I'm going to let Joey close this section out, so I'm going to go next. Um, I haven't watched a full NFL game all, all this year or last year. Um, I will probably watch the Super Bowl. Uh, I did watch it last year. That was the only full game I watched. Um, I am not a fan of any team in the NFL anymore, but Tom Brady is my last player that I root for. Um, so I am definitely cheering for the Patriots and exactly opposite of your point, Steve, last year, I looked at my wife and said, ah, Tom's got this. <laughs> uh, and sure enough, um, 
So my plans for the day are uh, recovery, since I've just had like 48 hours of beer festival stuff. Um, I told my wife, instead of our normal, she usually makes like a pretzel burger, a pretzel bun burgers. I told her I just wanted a big plate of fruit and vegetable to sort of detox. Uh, and then I'll probably uh, just drink some local stuff from here. Yangling, by the way, did just hit Arkansas this week, which everyone's going bananas over a mediocre beer, but whatever. Um, so I may pick up some Yingling and um, drink some uh, Lost Forties uh, New England IPA, or um, you know, Narrow Gauge and Central Standard are going to be in town this weekend, so maybe they'll leave me with some presents as well. Um, so that's where I stand. I, I would like uh, New England to win. I think it'll be uh, single-digit victory, uh, but they cover the spread. So basically, a touchdown they win by. So, Joey? You know, listening to you guys talk about the Super Bowl last year has given me goosebumps, so I appreciate that. <laughs> it's always it's always nice to feel a little something. Um, if, if you're going to be consuming some of those Philadelphia lo- local uh, beers, I would recommend that you do those in the second half. Um, it's kind of where my mojo lies. Just drink them in the second half if you want to drink Um a couple quick pieces of t- pieces of information. New England's never won a Super Bowl by, I believe, more than four points, five points. It's never been more than a touchdown. I know that. Um, and they've never scored a point in the first quarter of any of their Super Bowl games. So just dropped a little knowledge bomb on you. Um, in terms of the plans, um, I typically do not watch Patriots games with, um, with anyone else except for maybe whenever, whenever little C happens to be home. Um, this this looks like it might be a little bit different. I know at least one buddy has um, sort of invited himself over. Um, I say that sort of tongue-in-cheek because he's always more than welcome to come over. Um, so that'll be the plan. In terms of beers, um, it really depends on how the game goes. Um, we'll probably probably start with something kind of light and easy, and then we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens over the course of the two to two and a half hours or three hours, depending on how long Justin Timberlake sings for. Um, snack, snack, snack wise, there, there are no plans. Um, still in the weight loss challenge, still minding, um, what I consume outside of the occasional beer. Um, so I'm guessing that we'll probably do, um, some, some baked Buffalo chicken wings, um, there'll probably be some veggies and a few other things going on. Um, in terms of predictions, um, I'm the type of person that agonizes over all the situations, uh, all the different, all the different types of game flow to see what's going to happen. Um, and I, uh, I don't think, I don't think I want to make a prediction, but I, I really like the vast majority of pundits think it's going to be something like 27, 21, 27, 24, 21, 20, something like that. Um, I think it could, I think it could be a very close game. I do like the under, which is currently under 40. Nice. Well guys, uh, we pulled it off. Chad, sorry, we missed you. Um, we will uh, look forward to meeting up with you and uh, doing this again next Thursday, Steve. Uh, always appreciate your insight. Thanks for host, uh, hosting and leading. Um, Joey, thanks for uh, digging up some names for us with your admin style. Uh, shout out to John for calling in. Um, and uh, anybody have any final thoughts? Uh, the only one. So I, real quick, I want to go ahead. You, you, go, you go, you go, you go. Well, I was just going to say simply that I am better looking in person. Um, I know that was one of the topics on the show tonight. <laughs> That's one of the show We made it so a whole hour. That even mentioning number fifteen. So I'm proud of us for that. Well, uh, no, we didn't. We made it 58 minutes now. Thanks a lot, jerk. <laughs> well, you know. Oh well, well, it's like a shutout streak. You don't talk about it. it just, uh, but uh, I like this. I like this uh, this format thing with the thing. Chad, you gotta show us more how to do this um, with the studio. And uh, yeah, hope he comes back again next week, so we can uh, like get back to normal. Good job. What do you use your descriptors? I bet you're a blast. <laughs> the thing, the thing on the, on the computer. Phone set operator. Yeah, basically he said he yeah. likes it without Chad. Shots fired, no, Chad. No, no, did not. Shots fired, Chad. No. Just kidding, buddy. No. We missed you. Bang, bang. Um, hopefully you have had a safe commute back home. Um, shout out to 
all of our listeners, we love you all. We appreciate you. Thanks for indulging our silliness listening to us. And uh, I think that closes us out. You will. All right, ciao. Welcome to the Drama Free Podcast. Save the drama for your mama.